and welcome to the Tuesday Night Music Show. Once again, we are joined with our, I don't know, it's kind of like the um, George Takei on the Howard Stern Show. <laughs> our, our reoccurring guy who's the, the, the official announcer that it was only in once in a while. Oh my. Mr. Jimmy De Palma is with us. Hello, welcome, Jimmy. Welcome, welcome. Brad, Brad, get me my towel, Brad. And we got you have to watch Howard Stern. We got hey. Howie Dogstar. He's uh, how are you? Because there's some snow and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So he's here with us tonight. Mm-hmm. And and superstar uh, DJ Extraordinaire Swing and Pastor Jay Brennan from Temecula, California. Absolutely. Hey everybody, what's in there? Like I, I hey, didn't. Hey. Make- I, I put it all in there in one thing. I know. That's yeah. rather impressive. Mm. Jake, you were telling a story and I told you to shut up because I thought yeah. it would be good uh, banter for the show. All right. Mm. Go ahead. So I'm on YouTube and a guy I follow, Tim Pierce, is a famous guitar player that you've heard. Even if you don't know the name, if you look up Tim Pierce, P-I-E-R-C-E, his Wikipedia, he's played for everyone on everything. Mm. He was Rick Springfield's touring guitar player and played on both albums, the first two. Right, the Omar Akeem of guitar playing. Yeah, he's yeah. on Iris from the Goo Goo Dolls. Uh, Crowded House, their big number one hit. He plays guitar on uh-huh. that. Like He's a studio so guitar extraordinaire. I saw him on Hired Gun on yes. the documentary. Yeah, he's a famous, mm-hmm. famous guy in the guitar world mm-hmm. and super cool. And I've met him at Gear Fest. He was super nice. But he did a 57-second video, and the, ca- the caption title of the video is the, be- the best key change ever in music. Mm. So I'm like... The guitar playing. Right. Well, in song. Like, the whole song shifts keys. Yeah. Yeah. So I said, I'm interested. I want to see what this is. So I click on it, and I'm like, oh, this sounds amazing. I know this song. Couldn't think of the artist. Couldn't think of the title. It's going B major to G major. He does the breakdown. And then he puts up the title of the song and it's Scritty Politi, Perfect Way. Yes. And I'm like, this is, and Jimmy had requested it from me a long time ago and I didn't have it then. And it, it was one of those like, uh, oh man, Scritty Politi. They're kind of like, Oingo Boingo. I can't remember. And then when I heard it today, I was just, it brought me back to, no, this is not, this is, this is somebody else. This is New Order. This, this is, is, you know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, pure energy, information society. Information society. That they, had, they had that. And it, over in the UK, the other hit they had was called Wood Bees. But yeah, Perfect Way was was great. They kind of remind me more of New Shoes. Well, the New Shoes is a weirdo one because, and, and I don't want to get too off. Band or here. song? No, there's the sound. There's sound. Oh, it was like, I'm thinking he meant new shoes it was by like um, Pablo Nitelli. No, 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 no. New shoes. No, That's a great song. And friendly and you know what I mean? Well, the, the band new shoes, the, the song I Can't Wait didn't yeah. do much. Right. But it went over to Europe and this mm-hmm. Dutch remixer remixed the track and it became a club hit. And oddly enough, a, a U.S. urban radio staple, but it's the Dutch mix of that track that you know. If you listen to the original version of "I Can't Wait," it is not cool or funky, but right. the Dutch mix is what made it so cool. Does it have the stutters in it on the original versus no, the remix? No. 
That's that, all. Uh, I can't wait. Is this, da, is da, this da, da, another da, da. one of those videos that I have to pause and buy and pause? And Probably pause. not. You own <laughs> if you own new shoes. I can't wait. Then you have the Dutch mix. Yeah, I'm teasing. Probably. One I'm of those teasing. things. I, I have a. I, I found it on a crate dig years ago, and I grabbed it. And I listened to it. Yeah. This sounds terrible. Yeah. And I researched. It's like, oh, wait a minute. I need the Dutch mix. So then I got the Dutch mix later, but I do have the original as well, which is very lackluster. The Dutch mix, I don't think came out until maybe a year later. It worked its way back to the States and became the hit. It was remixed by. I, I don't remember the producer. I do. Cameron Paul. Oddly enough, Cameron so. Paul. Oh, we're back to Cameron Paul. Right. So did they, did they pass three in a row? Did, <laughs> did they pass the Dutchie on the left hand side? <laughs> you'll have to ask the dutch they're always passing something over there i've been to i don't remember I know that you yeah. got my play on words <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh the perfect way 12 inch i just pulled it up because jay had mentioned it before the show yeah i told him to shut up so let's let's like, sounds some of this amazing for the show yeah mm -hmm. yeah sounds yeah. amazing i totally forgot about it it's one of those like eight there's and it may not happen to everyone but boy I bet you once or twice a month I'll hear a song, know the song, can't name the song, can't name the artist, and then when I Shazam it, I'm immediately thrown back to that time. Like the Scritty Plitty track, The Perfect yeah. Way. I was yeah. like, oh, my God, I'm like suddenly back in the 80s. The like, bridges on that track are oh, just insane. So gorgeous. College radio for me. Scritty I was Plitty. DJing a Saturday morning with... Uh, with a friend of mine and she's she's now she's now a big radio person but we both started out in college radio and that was like one of the tracks i know we used to play on a regular basis well living in the midwest here i mean just above chicago i mean that was that song to me never appeared in a john hughes film but it seems like it should have oh my god oh, yeah. perfect it was just you know, it was always like fall or winter and in every John Hughes film. And yeah. when you're driving through Chicago, that's the kind of stuff you heard on B96 during the day. Mm -hmm. Uh so it, it yeah, I mean I can I, see I, that with Thompson. I, I can tell you that. that I was in eighth grade when it came out, and I'd have to do the math on 85, maybe is when yeah. we got it here. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. So yeah, amazing track. Amazing track. Oh, great, great, great track. Such. Well, and I, I'm only gonna bring it up because it reminded me of the same vibe is that Michael W. Smith or Michael S. Michael W. Smith, Michael S. Michael Smith. W. Smith, yeah. Michael W. Yeah. Smith, who I know you don't care for. But when I heard that track, I had that same epiphany of like, OK, I don't think I know this song, but I know it sounds familiar. You, you go through those periods where you get me. That's the beauty of Shazam. I think outside of text and phone calls and my camera, mm -hmm. Shazam's probably the most used app on my phone. Because I'm constantly, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's a really cool tool. I've I've never used it, it's, but I've heard nice things. It'd be great if you knew more music like Brian and I. Well, well you, you that's, why that's why we're here. That's why we're here. That's why. That's it, you know, we're, we're soaking it in as you said yeah. that on the last show. We're I, soaking it in. No, but see I the hope difference. You appreciated between, that. No, totally. But like with Brian and you, your music, which is deeper diving. A lot yeah. of times Shazam will pick up good music, which then you can play back and listen and have at weddings and different events. Your stuff goes mm -hmm. deep, deep, where it's like, 
you don't get to Shazam it because you don't get to hear it very often. Well, we're talking you know about, what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, what, what I think about, and we talked about it, I don't know if it was on air last night or we talked about it after the show, but a lot of the music that was coming out in the early to mid-80s, I feel like got overshadowed by Michael Jackson. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, tell that time. Brian. You oh, did that app off air. That okay, was well, off air, yeah. And yeah, Madonna. And Madonna, too. And, and yeah, the Madonna thing was on, yeah. off air. Yeah. They were, it was mon- 80s were monstrous for like huge artists. Right. You know? And it overshadowed a lot of stuff like this that's yeah. amazing. You know, even bands like Tears for Fears didn't get the attention they should have gotten no. because of our Omega artists. Well, like I was just, I just mentioned when in Rome, the promise. Yes. That was a great song. Yeah. But that yeah. was an unusual time when you could have, you could have something like a dance track like that or something obscure or a, a metal band, you know, in the top 10, there'd be like three or four different genres in the there top was 10. No real pattern. <laughs> there was no pattern at all. Yeah. Not like today. That's kind of. Oh, pretty- yeah. Today is five Drake songs in the top 10 and then Post Malone featuring. And it's very hip hop urban in the top 100. Mm-hmm. Back in the 80s, like you say, Howie, you'd have Michael Jackson followed by Def Leppard, followed by Journey, followed by, by Lionel Richie. Followed by the police, followed by Randy. Like yeah. you, every genre was represented within the top five usually. Right mm-hmm. now, because mm-hmm. of the way music is oh, no. done with streaming, you get three Drake songs that nobody knows but his audience in the top five. So it's not that he's not getting plays; it's yeah. that he's getting the same streaming from the, his fan base over and over and over again, which is clicking the placement on the chart. Mm-hmm. See, and that's a, that's a, a phenomenon a, of the nineties forward. I have a big problem with this Spotify list that it sh- it should actually, in my opinion, be. Did, did you buy it or just listen to it? Oh, oh, we had all these, you know, view or uh, listens, so it's a number one song. Well, how many people bought it? Come on, I, I think little or none. Yeah, that would be like basing the old top 10 on the amount of times the song was requested instead of the amount of times anybody bought it. Right. My you 19 know. year old really owns, yeah, but, but I don't think he owns any music. Those. But people did buy those. Man, right. it's the only way to get it. Well, it's, it, up, exactly. Just, it's how you ingested music. Now, Connor, I bet if I ask Connor how many songs he's bought, I bet she's, the number would be zero. <laughs> Why would he buy music? He pays for YouTube pass. Mm-hmm. So we can go commercial free with YouTube. He gets in the car and puts on like yacht rock and drives around listening for twelve months in a row to uninterrupted yacht rock on his phone that goes into his stereo. How am I going to explain no commercials? That? You yeah, should no matter no commercials. No matter what platform you get to make your own playlist too if you pay for the premium. Right. So well. Be, before we get too off topic on this, um, oh, sorry about that. That's okay. It's okay. Yeah, it's my fault this time. No, no, not no. Jay. We can, we, we can, we can go right when we. <laughs> now we saw a cloud. Out right. came the cane. Hey, hey, squirrel went by. Sorry, squirrel. Squirrel. <laughs> These kids squirrel. today. 
all right. I mean, if this is where you want to go, I hate doing the grumpy old men show though, because it's what we said. No, 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 no. I don't. I, I didn't mean. I didn't mean hey, it to be damn that kids, way. Damn kids listening to that spotty thing and the can thing. I, with the thing. No, can no. Can I, I mention I, a unique song I, after Howie's done? Shit. Yeah, I right all now, I was doing was saying it. You know, the popularity should be based on purchase, not listens. Right. For for you know what one millionth of a, a penny or something, you know. Well, I mean, it was when Metallica's, you know, what, it, was it Justice for All came out and launched at number one. I think the first metal album to launch at number mm -hmm. one was Skid Row, Monkey Bones, right. yeah. mm -hmm. or Slave to the Grind. Well, maybe and an it, alternate. It had already gotten pre-sales. Playlist, maybe an alternate uh, thing of purchased as opposed to listened to. Well, because the album doesn't sell, but the artist gets streaming, and if you don't know this, the label gets more money than the artist for tracks well, streaming yeah. because they went after digital rights. So the labels don't care. If you bought it, they're getting paid on both sides of the fence. Have the labels ever cared about their artists? Never. No. Someone had a new contract for an artist with um, Universal Music, I think. And in the contract, it actually said on this planet or any other <laughs> as one of the clauses, just in oh, case they're, they're we go to really the moon in the future here. And they build like a little UFO 1999 <laughs> space thing on the moon and they decide to whip out a Walkman. Uh, 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 we get a royalty check. Let me let me bring it around to something else. I'm sorry, Brian. No, no, no. It's OK. I mean, I, I'm kind of going on this. But I want to I want to do I, I want to kind of focus our our anger tonight our old man what does focus I'm mean i'm not angry i'm just suggesting an alternative i know i know but what does focus I'm, mean I'm, i don't know that word so yeah. i go down these weirdo rabbit holes sometimes i was watching a video last night on max headroom do you remember max oh yeah, yeah absolutely it was very good T -t 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 talking to myself i, I thought max Hedrum was hilarious i i it was it was. it was it was cool uh i didn't always get it but sometimes i liked it and it yeah it was interesting but anyway i was watching this i don't know a fan-made doc on it or something like this and they were talking about what he did and why he did it and they were saying how you know cable tv was kind of his thing he was he was supposed to be a cable tv talk show presenter and, and they were talking about it from the perspective of a young person. And they said, well, if you don't know, cable TV used to be the way it was. So you turn the TV on, you got so many channels, you didn't get to choose what you watched, you didn't get to rewind it, you didn't know what you were watching, you just turned it on, and it was horrible. It was just horrible. Mm -hmm. It's not like today where you can just do this stuff in demand. I'm thinking to myself, oh, man, these people have missed the point. Because for me... I'll just tell you right now, I don't watch TV upstairs until Blanca goes to bed because she doesn't watch stuff that I want to watch. So when <laughs> she goes to bed, I'll go upstairs and I'll turn the TV on. Now, if I go to a channel and watch something, I'll, I might jump into something in progress. Well, I don't, what's this? We'll check it out and I'll watch it. Mm -hmm. But if I have to make a decision to choose a streaming service and to watch <laughs> something specific on the streaming service, I'll spend two hours trying to find something. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> where where it was for me anyway uh i i think i really appreciate someone else doing my programming and just presenting me with things lazy right. that's i want to be lazy brain 
Well, now, that's what DJs do. May so I it's ask not lazy brain, it's the opposite. May yeah. I ask it's getting turned onto something you wouldn't normally check out. Right. That Can I, I ask a personal cool. question? That's what DJs do. Does Blanca watch the Hallmark and that's why he won't go up? Blanca actually only watches action films. Blanca oh, watches I, UFC, I, for God's sakes. Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, Blanca. See, I, I want to watch the chick flick. She won't do it. I have to watch it with my kid or her kid. Mm-hmm. She wants to watch the bloodiest, goriest, most action-packed thing. Like, she's a Fast and Furious chick. She likes anything that has to do with horror or, yeah. Shooting. She's watching if, if I Spit on Your killed, Grave when Brian watching upstairs. <laughs> she's an action movie chick. Oh Brian, yeah. hey, Blanca, how you doing? She's like... <sighs> Not tonight, amigo. Not tonight. <laughs> she wouldn't say amigo. I'm just, I, I'm making her Mexican now. There. <laughs> no more Boricua. That would get you stabbed. No more Boricua. Hey, I spent 20 hours watching documentaries the other day on Wisconsin. I know exactly yeah. what goes down out of there. <laughs> yeah, Don't even funny. try me now. That's why I'm staying over here. Bunch of nut jobs out here, but hey. At least it's one. All right. Not- my song yeah go ahead jimmy my ahead, unique jimmy. song that probably nobody else likes oh i'm sorry guys we're out of time that's been a great show this week though what i want to do you is very oh, much good night, good night. Oh. Oh. <laughs> thank you <laughs> swing out sister break, break out. out yeah oh, great, great song, song. oh good song great song it's one of those you forget songs yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. The, the weird thing about Breakout is that for some reason it sounds throwback. It and does. I don't it, know why. Because it's it sounded friendly. almost 50s in the 80s, remember? It's, it, it sounded it's, it sounded way old. like late 60s, early 70s to me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The way the vocals were arranged. But it, I mean, obviously it was all like heavy synth based. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's but, like math. What is it, Matthew? Was it Matthew Sweet? Break my stride. That's Matthew Wilder. Matthew Wilder. Yes. I, I mean, it's the kind of track that I forget about, and then when I find it and play it, it goes over really well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, to to Jimmy's point, the other song I can think of that just to me at the time felt very throwback, and I was very young when it came out. But when it came out, I mentioned it to my sister. She said, "How did you pick that up?" Was Maxine Nightingale's right back where we started from? Yeah, to me, yeah. sounded like a Motown song. Yep. What about Sixpence mm-hmm. the Richer? Mm-hmm. What kiss me? I like yeah, that. I always yeah, thought I like that, that was in the same lines with um, Swing Out Sister. That to me was in that same sort of sounded I like I, I they came from that. the same period. I didn't catch that. It was the, the harmonies that they were doing on that track. Yeah, it was and, bigger and the bridge. Right. Felt very yeah. throwback to me. I don't know why. But it just but it didn't cool. sound like everything around it. I if think. anything, no. it could have been 40s. Mm-hmm. It could fit. It's like yeah. a modern version of a 40s crooner tune. You should, like a, we should see if we can get um, mm. Scott Bradley, modern day jukebox, to see if he'd be willing to do that song and see what his take on it would be now. Mm. Maybe a Haley Reinhardt singing with that voice of hers. You're, I think you know, you talk about um, you know songs sounding like throwbacks. What I could think of right now is that Bruno Mars project, Silk Sonic. They sound very R and B. Yeah. Well, everything Bruno Mars has done yeah. has been a hit. I'm telling funk sounds like something from the time, or Rick mm-hmm. James, uh, and and then 24K Magic 
sounded like almost electro freestyle, didn't it, Jimmy? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I think that's all by design. Like he's addressing that he's trying to do music like it used to be. And you know, look at Lenny for- Kravitz. Lenny Kravitz never did anything that sounded like today. Lenny for Kravitz always sounded like, oh, this is that song from mm. 70. Oh, no, it's not. It's Lenny Kravitz. Yeah, you'd, you'd expect it from um, mm-hmm. post Woodstock era. Yeah. Well, you know, mm-hmm. Pharrell's mm-hmm. Happy sounds like a Curtis Mayfield song. Yeah. I mean, totally. it just does. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of why Freddie's dead vibe. Uh, more, I was thinking more like move on up or something like that. But the the uh, the thing with that track and the reason that track does so well, I think, as a DJ, is because if you are living like as some kind of recluse all by yourself, and you happen to go to a wedding and you haven't turned on the radio for the last ten years, you don't know the song it still has this familiar vibe to it. So an older person would say, hey, I like this sound because right. it's mm-hmm. kind of a familiar vibe. Even if they don't know it, they will respond well to it. So, 100%. Jimmy, they, Jimmy they, does that. Yeah. He does that at every event I've ever done with him. It's like, I'm like, what is this song? But the, everybody's dancing to it because it sounds familiar. Yeah. But it's a deep dive. Well, the dives aren't as deep as I think you might think they are they're they're just not necessarily staples they're just not what's what's on the um they're Mm -hmm. not what's on the radio clock yeah yeah they're not staples that overplayed but yeah they're not i I won't hear it at home depot are you telling me jimmy i won't hear it at home depot no you won't hear it on new channels right you might hear i've heard some weird stuff at home depot where it's like yeah what the one that sticks in my head that I completely forgot about was Fleetwood Mac's Lovin' Store off of Mirage. I heard that in Home Depot. I'm like, oh, my God. Wow. Really? I, I, you know, it's almost like a song that didn't exist until I heard it again. It's like, oh, I remember this. Mm. I'll, I will hear weird stuff like that sometimes. Sometimes I was somewhere those... and they played Bob Welch. Ebony Eyes? Yeah. The Sentimental Lady. No, wow. Ebony Eyes. And I yeah. was like... Oh my God. And I think I was well, with Michelle and I yeah. said, like, you know who this is? He used to be lead singer of Fleetwood Mac. And I had to give that old yeah. backstory. And oh, Hematize is like a wonderful song. <laughs> and then you forgot <laughs> what you went for in the store. Yeah, I don't right? even know what store it was in hindsight. <laughs> but you know what? I think what it boils down to and where Brian's eluding, if I'm following correctly, is that if you're a programmer, which we are as DJs, you should know your audience. And even if you take a Home Depot, you could argue. Well, the audience is like 8 to 80. It's kids and adults and this and that. But I guarantee Home Depot knows its core group of buyers. It's all psychology. And how old they are. There's no mistake to what they're playing. No, no, no. When I was at Starbucks, we would get music brought in every month. And we had a little machine in the back, just like a little receiver. And you would have five sections broken down into five sections. And then every month that would change. And -hmm. I would memorize the sections throughout the day. I would Mm -hmm. run back and see section two. Okay, I know this is the chill one. And in the mornings when I would open, I would go back and it would start with like the upbeat stuff because that was the scheduling of the day. And I would go to the zero seven section. And my manager was always like, I don't understand why you do this all the time. I said, because nobody wants to hear some BS upbeat, poppy, dancey, Katy Perry crap at 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. But when they walk in and hear like waiting line by zero seven, 
they're already stressed out. They just got up. They took a shower. They drove to my Starbucks. Now they're waiting in line. Their day already isn't perfect. So if they can walk in and be disarmed by the sound, get their drink quickly, at least now they have a shot at it. I, I think we get too caught up in this, like you're a fighter going into the ring and you need to start your day off with Slipknot or something. You got to <laughs> ease into it. You're all morning people. No, that's the thing. It's like, you know what? You Pump don't, you up don't, the jam. Pump it up. To quote, to quote Brian S. Red, you don't just run into it. You want to hug a little first. Maybe stroke the hair. You don't want to just run. This isn't, like go from, this isn't Unchained by Van Halen, hit the ground running. This is from first base to home plate. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. No, it no, doesn't. No. no, it's kind of like pizza night. Yeah. I'll stop it with that. Oh, you went there? <laughs> Brian's stomach stop may it. still be upset. I, right. Thank Come you. on. Come Thank on. you. I was talking Damn. the other night about this video I put up. I don't know. Uh, not not that I guess it was maybe Thursday or Friday. Friday it was Friday because I, I told the story I, I think off air last night. Blanca needed to go to the pet store, so we went in there, and they were playing music. And I, I hear everything they, they play, and they were playing Madonna's "Like a Virgin." And all of a oh sudden, yeah yeah, all of a sudden I was smelling like Winston cigarettes, which is what my sister smoked in college in 1984. And I felt cold and it, I could smell the, you know, uh, the, the, the paint that was in the halls of her dormitory downtown. And Paco I, Rabanne. I saw, I, well, no, no, no. I, I, I saw <laughs> um, just, I had flashbacks. I was having this like total recall flashback thing. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, why? I mean, it, this song is a staple. We know this song note for note in our heads. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember having this sensation where I, I had all these, you know, things coming back. Uh, uh, what, what do they call that? Uh, there's a name for that. It's like a triggered memory response or something like that or right. whatever. But anyway, there's probably a really cool name for it. And I'll think of it when I'm watching the replay. And I'll be mad that I didn't say it. But I realized that I was listening to the original album version. I wasn't listening to the Immaculate Collection Q sound you know, quantized remix. I wasn't listening to the mm. sped up 45 single. I wasn't listening to any of that. I was listening to the original non-quantized now Rogers produced live band at the right speed version of the song. And it triggered all those memories. And that's cool. Those are the kind of things that I need to think about when I'm DJing. And I do that like, Madonna, for instance, there are so many remixes of Holiday. I went out of my way to find the original six minute, one second or whatever it is version of Holiday off the first album because I don't think you can beat it. And that's the one that I play. I play Holiday quite a bit at gigs, actually, um, more so than a lot of the other ones. But I went out of my way to get the original. There's a reason for that because it's better. Because it's not remixed and all this stuff. It, it it brings back memories, yet it's familiar to others. So I don't know. Good to know, because I have like 12 copies of it. Like <laughs> Everyone does. I need to purge. But oh, I, no. I think that's the beauty of it, Brian. That's the beauty of the music, that it can trigger, you know, it may have been olfactory, but that's the sense of smell. So if you smell something and it triggers, that's an olfactory stimulus and all that. But 
I kind of enjoy that where I'll be near a campfire and you get that whiff of burning wood and you suddenly have a vision of a song or you're on the beach and you, you get that track in your head that's like, man, this would be perfect here right now. And I don't think it's a DJ thing programming. I think it's a human thing. I think music oh, yeah. is, brings such joy. Well, yeah, and that, that's why I was saying, you know, as a DJ, mm-hmm. I think these are really cool little observations. Yeah. You can, you can maybe use as a programmer when you're, when you're, and did you really out. say olfactory? Wow. Yeah. Well, Brian, we had this talk one night. I don't know if it was on this show, but I know we've had it. Mm. There was a point in my career as a DJ in the early 2000s when I would pay attention to TV commercials. And I got into the band Rykoskop or Rykoskorp. I know what you're talking about, with Apple and all that stuff. Yeah. Yes, and they had a track called Remind Me, and it was on a Geico commercial with the caveman. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, bought yeah, the yeah. song, and I played it during cocktail at a couple weddings. And every time I would, people would run over to me like, man, what is this song? I know this song, man. Right. I, I know this song. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's Rykoskop Remind Me. And if I didn't reference the commercial... They loved the track. They were like, I know this song. They didn't mm-hmm. know it. But it's like, I also got St. Germain Sure Thing. Granted, it was from a tampon commercial, but okay. that's how I got introduced to St. Germain. A lot of people got turned on to the sure Vegas through the Volkswagen ad. Exactly. Yeah. That yeah, song yeah, has been yeah. out for yeah. days go by. several years. And yeah. then all of a sudden, the Volkswagen commercial does it, and you got to have it at your gigs because everybody wants to hear it. Well, and mm. I have the acoustic chill version that I played a few weeks ago, along with the, you know, mm-hmm. my chill version from Shapeshifters. Yeah. But the reason I, <clears throat> excuse me, got the acoustic, it was a theme song on HBO for a show. Mm. They did Days Go By, but they did the acoustic version. They do that, and that a was, lot. Yeah. Yeah. That was a theme song. I think that's part of the importance of programming. What's going on around you? Yeah. What's really popular? And not to overplay it, but to give a little tip of the hat to make people feel like, oh man, I love this. I'll play, you know, old So What by John Coltrane, Miles Davis. And I always get a couple of older guys coming up going, Man, is it Miles Davis? I'm like, yeah. Oh man, what a great song. I haven't heard this in forever. Or kind West Montgomery. Yeah. You know, and it's it's one of those things where you're constantly trying to bring people in because you want to be all inclusive. You don't want to be exclusive. You don't want to just be like, oh, I only play the new stuff. You want everyone to feel like they're part of the party. It's well, a fine pop line, I culture think. is very, very powerful. Like people hear these commercials or hear a, a snippet on a TV show. And then it's, you know, I mean, I can remember uh, watching a, a, a series and, um, you know, Am I the only sour cherry on the fruit stand? And I, I had to Shazam it and I Shazammed it. And then I went on YouTube and it had like 70,000 views. But after the TV show, it had a million and a half views. Well, I think we kind of had the same phenomenon now with TikTok a bit. And I yes, think that yes. the, the, maybe it, and, and this is just a random thought, Perhaps instead of trying to play the entirety of Fleetwood Mac dreams in front of children for a school dance, maybe the place to put that is during a cocktail set. So you're not really trying to, because, because they only Mm -hmm. want a little section that they know it from Mm -hmm. the TikTok video, but why Mm -hmm. not do the whole thing? 
there are so many times that I watch. Yeah, during cocktails, sure. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's so many times that I watch these these reaction videos. Yeah, there's several people that I watch, and I, I try to get the ones that you know I, I really feel are genuine, and I know they are because they're they're talking me through their take on it. And there's there's a couple that does these now that I really like. Uh, Brad and Lex. Mm-hmm. Lex always gets it. She's really sharp. Brad. He's more focused he on it. lyrical he, stuff. He never gets it. He's too deep of a thinker. Well, no, he's thinking about the lyrics. She's just digging it. So she yeah. always gets it. Brad is always kind of yeah, like a little behind. She's always like, she's got the headphones yeah. on her head's going. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but they they did um, they recently did Cindy Lauper's time after time, and they were saying, mm-hmm. you know, this is a great song. I heard the little piece of it in a commercial or something. Just the so I recognized mm-hmm. it. But now hearing it as as an entire, you know, complete song, it's beautiful and yes. it has meaning. And we didn't get that from the snippet. So we thought we knew it, but mm. we didn't. So this is really cool that we got to experience it. I, that that part warmed my heart when I watched that that reaction where she was like, this means something now. It's beautiful. I'm, I mean, it's I'm those kind lose, of observations that are fun. I'm, I'm going to yeah. lose my audience on this one. I've tried, like you turned me on to those. And I'm like, I got to watch these. And I watched a few and some of them were very moving where they would hear something really beautiful by like Jeff Beck or whatever. And they really reacted the way I thought they should. But for the most part, I'm just like how I don't understand how you've never heard this song. Like well, there I get so stuck like on that. you've never yeah, heard. I mean, like you've never heard the Commodore's brick house. Hey, it's like Come anything on. else. Some of it is complete BS. Some of it you can look yeah. at. It's, yeah. it's some it's of it not is. genuine. Yeah. And, yeah. and and I, I dismiss them. But there yeah. are others that there are some that I've actually spoke to because they do live streams and I go in and I'll actually throw recommendations at them, you know, because I kind of know where they're at. But mm-hmm. I mean, I'm thinking to myself, these a lot of these kids are Stevie's age. Now, Stevie, yeah, they're young. weird because Stevie had me as a dad. So yeah, she knows exactly. all kinds of stuff. But mm. yeah, most of these kids didn't. I mean, a lot of these kids, you know, they, they had parents who were just into the new hip hop. So they just did that. So they're now hearing these things for the first time. I mean, I, I mean, to be and I think Jimmy will probably understand where I'm coming from on this. I was a little shocked. But you had a hard time with Scritty Pretty Perfect Way. That's a lexicon song for me. So it's, it's a all great song. perspective. It's all no, no, perspective, no. though. The perspective is that I How could knew you it, not know it, but you know? did not know the name of it and was like, it just isn't on the list. And, and the list is the one up here that's like, but again, we could sit here from now till hell freezes over and I could be like, you, what, you're not getting Rory Gallagher photo finish. This is blasphemous. How are you not like, we all went down a little bit different roads. So right, where I was right. on the fringe of it, there was other areas where I was deep diving where, you know, and that's the beauty of this show as well as discussions. You get to have that. Uh, no, dude, I've never heard of this song. Never heard of this band. Oh my God. Then you should try this. But the scritty plenty. I'm like, I know, I know this. But you know what, Information Society, I've been a champion of pure energy forever. And I can't sell it hard enough because everyone treats it the same way. Yeah, this was a good song. I like this, but it's not like really my thing. Nobody's ever that into it. Every time I play it at a wedding, I try to play it perfect. I try to get it between Depeche and New Order. And I try to kill it. And people look at me like, yeah, I get it, but I kind of don't get it. A couple things I'll I'll, I'll say. 
because I want to address, because you said a lot there. I want to address some of the stuff that you were talking about. First thing is, it's all perspective. So if if you can can say that, hey, I heard it, but I, I, I didn't know the name of it, and it hadn't occurred to you that it was wonderful until the, the re-listen, and then it's like, oh, wow, it is amazing because it was presented to you as such, then, yeah, understand that some of these kids don't know it. Some of them do, and they're full of crap. But right. some of them are really good. I tend to watch the people that don't have a lot of views. There's one kid, I think he's from Oakland, and he's a drummer, and his father was a musician and did a lot of music. It's interesting to watch his reactions because he he's musical, but he and a lot of the things that he plays, he's like, I don't know the song I'm gonna play. It's like, oh, dad played this in the car all the time. I know this song. So mm-hmm. there's some good ones out there. But the, the other thing I'll address is when you're talking about throwing tracks like, you know what's on your mind by information society into a mix and i understand it's very frustrating there are songs like that where i'm thinking to myself this is amazing it needs to get out there but the truth the audience doesn't get it well sometimes yeah they don't but that's where our programming skills come into play because just like just like a good joke it's all about timing oh that's and the only way i can sell it is i've got to go like new order Pure energy, Depeche Mode, or something like that on the right crowd. Yeah, and they you, go ballistic. Gotta, but you, if I'm doing a normal crowd and I'm doing like, you know, Cake by the Ocean, because I think Pure Energy is like 122 or something. If I'm doing like Cake by the Ocean, I can't jump into that and then try to go into Maroon 5. Like, well, it, it kind of doesn't always fit the mold right. that you would like kind it to. The other, yeah, yeah. The other disadvantage yeah. that I feel like that you have specifically is that you're not playing long enough to be able to take those liberties. So, dude, twenty minute dance sets at a wedding are not easy to achieve. No, I mean I'm, I'm playing seventy five songs. Right, mm. you've got to. Do no, no, the no. I'm stuff. never coming back around the way you guys are. I'm not doing sets that I can then three hours from now come back to it. Yeah, like I mean, I'm doing two to three hours, and that's it. The, the, I don't have four or five hours like you guys are doing. So I'm not getting the opportunity to get like the dance floor go, well, we've heard everything we love. What else you got? And, and like, I'm hitting them with yeah. bangers. That's sort of what it is. Uh, yeah. But like a school dance for me, uh, specifically a school dance for me, which I didn't. Do. How'd that one go the other night? Yeah. No. Yeah. That, that didn't work. Uh, go to my YouTube channel if you really Jesus. want to see what happened. But <laughs> you I, I went there. You I went was there. there was... Low hanging fruit. Yeah, yeah. Low hanging fruit. You already anyway. knew the answer to the question. I didn't gig. Thank you, Don Carlo. Anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh, uh, where the hell was I? <laughs> oh, okay. At a school, normally when I'm doing these things, I try to hit them with, what they're going to ask for before they can ask for it and, and prove myself yeah. as the DJ. I know what they want. I've got their best interest in mind. And then it becomes, you know, hey, he's cool. Anything he does has got to be good. So whatever yeah. he plays, it doesn't matter. We're going to jam to it because he's legit. That's, that's kind of that's, the mob a, that's a great perspective. And, and that's how you got to do information society. <clears throat> now, whether yeah. or not you have time to do that is is on you know the question you would have to be very slick to do it in a two and a half hour window i think it's it's one of those things where you don't get the it becomes a throwaway if it doesn't work and you look back and it like shoot like we all have that i killed it 
meaning I killed my dance floor, like played mm -hmm. the wrong song. But you have those seven or eight songs in your head that are like, it's okay. I'm going to use this opportunity at 128 to go to, you know, Lizzo, Truth Hurts, and get all the girls to freak out and start over again in the 80s. Like, I you think, can always do that routine. I think you and I were talking about this recently on a show where you had said that sometimes you get to the point in the night, and it's usually when things are kind of dying off a little bit, where the client will come up to you and say things like, what do you like? Why don't you play something you enjoy? Yeah, I've had that a few times, and it's mm -hmm. awesome. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe, and, and every situation is going to be a little different. It could very well be that they don't care anymore, or maybe it means something else. Maybe they just trust you that much. Yeah. Maybe they know that you're yeah. pandering to them, and you've done a good job. Now, take the shackles off and show us what you really got. Yeah, it could be that too. Mm. Well, I Maybe took your advice. I to do that. Right, right. I took your advice years ago when you said, I hit them with everything I have before the cake. Yeah. Like I need to really bang their heads against the wall up front so that by the time we get stop and start again, they they've already me. built that trust in me. Yeah. And I think that that for most of us as DJs, that's a challenging section. There's probably people watching this like, you kidding me? I kill it every time. Yeah, you do. But it's, it's an area where you don't want to shoot everything off at once you want to pull back a little you know you want to keep those like uptown funk tracks and you know the bangers that you just know will kill a little mm -hmm. bit pulled back maybe an usher yeah you can a few of those yeah or but you know i think to become a better dj sometimes you have to go without a net you have to take those bangers and either don't play them or go nuts i mean and every time i've done weddings where after the fifth wedding in a row in two weeks you say to yourself, man, I'm looking over my playlists in the history and I'm kind of I'm kind of regurgitating a lot of stuff, but it's different yeah. groups. Yeah. You know what? Let mm -hmm. me take this song out of the mix. <laughs> and instead, let me put like Try I put Earth, Wind and Fire September back in play last year. It had been out of my play for probably three or four years. Now you say, mm -hmm. but that's a huge song. I haven't played ACDC shook me on. I bet you I played ACDC shook me on that long three times in 2021 out of 50 or 60 weddings because it just didn't fit. And I had yeah. a short, like you say, mm -hmm. it's, you've got half an hour left. You're in that 120 zone and mm -hmm. you have so sure. many options yeah. and you don't yeah. want to, you know, you don't want to blow it. And I'll try to change it up by going to a Fisher, losing it and just test the crowd. And when they go ballistic, I put a video up of a wedding I did a while ago and a guy said, I've never played Queen, don't stop me now. And I'm like, oh, let me tell you, if you have a theater group, a geeky group, yeah. a science fiction group, trust me on this, play that at the end of the night. And if it kills, give yourself five minutes. If it kills the way it will, follow it with either Mr. Brightside yes. or shut up and dance and watch the magic happen because oh, well, yeah, then when you end they they're so happy for you i gotta go back hey. a, a a segue or two um, oh okay yeah. i, I gotta do it say okay you put gotta it in do head. it you gotta don't do forget it, it and go back when he's done so when he's done well yeah, yeah. i get that yeah 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 and yeah, now def it's definitely, def definitely. I, I had a great definitely. response to something you said. And you, and it's like the other night when this happened, something completely different. Like, shh, crap, what was I going to say? I had something good. 
like like profound and good to say and i well gone well then can i say my thing say your thing i'm i'm so nervous friday i have to dj for 90 minutes i i just don't know i don't think i have enough bangers (laughs) of course i'm being facetious but i know that it's the Olympics and I have to play party in the USA. <laughs> you know, I know I have to play that. I know that I have to play that. I remember know? what I was going to say now. Oh, good. See, I helped you out there by a little quick segue. So at the risk of sounding like you're only as good as your last gig. Mm. K.K. Downing, Judas Priest. At, at, at the risk of saying or, or sounding like a broken record. I got to go back to that thing that I learned from Louis C.K., the disgraced comedian, which is dumb. But <laughs> like the second you say his name, my head goes right to that image. Right. So, like, dude, really? Yeah, that's a shame. You know, there was a, he did have some good okay. stuff. There was a, a George Carlin tribute. And this is where I heard this. Mm-hmm. They had it at, um, I don't know, the gala or whatever. And his daughter was there and he gave the, the talk and he did it off the hat. And it was really cool. He was saying how, He'd been a comedian in, in Boston for many years, and that's a comedy town and a very he, big comedy town. He had uh he found himself 10 years later doing comedy at a Chinese restaurant. It's like, well, why would you want to do comedy at a Chinese restaurant? They just hired me to do it, I would do it. And nobody really wanted to hear what I had to say, but it was a gig and I did it. And you know, I got in my car and I'm thinking to myself, you know what? You've been doing the same crappy act for 10 years. Maybe it's time to hang it up. You're at a Chinese restaurant. You're not going anywhere. So I said, I got my car to go home and I popped the CD in. That was a George Carlin, uh, how to hone your skills as a comedian thing. Whoa. And something that Carlin talked about that Louis CK adopted into what he did was, like, you know how when you have this big joke, like like the really funny joke, you know, you save it until the end. Like that's your 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 big finish, right? Is your big mm-hmm. joke, your strongest material, you save it till the end. So when you walk off stage, they're they're cheering. Change it up. Take your best material and do it first. Because that forces you. By like survival instinct to right, up right. your game. Mm-hmm. He said, I started doing that. Mm-hmm. It changed my life. Yeah. Because, it's like, you know, should I jump off the cliff or not? No, I'm I, I was terrified yeah. because I just yeah. blown my best bit. But somehow yeah. I had to finish mm-hmm. my set. Yeah. And I had to up it. So I did. And it forced yeah. me to do it. I heard that. And as soon as I heard that, I'd never done it before, but I started blowing my best material immediately. I would take the best songs and the best sets and play them right away. Yeah. That's where I got the idea for the school. Hit them hard. Hit them hard right now. They'll trust you. now. And what, what was a pleasant surprise was I could go anywhere I wanted to go. I thought it was going to force me to pull something out that was better. No, it was easier because it gave me liberties I didn't have before. If I'd have mm-hmm. played some BS for the first two and a half hours and you know save the last hour and a half as the bangers they'd have been mad at me for two and a half hours 
but I didn't have that sensation. I had them incredibly happy and enthusiastic and surprised that mm-hmm. I hit them right away with the good stuff. And then, you know, you do like a half hour or 40 minutes of that. And I'm like, oh my God, this guy's amazing. What's next? And then you can yeah. do weird stuff. <clears throat> you I'm develop 30 trust, you develop trust well, I mean, with them. Look at yeah. restaurants. You can't make your yeah. appetizer okay and your dessert amazing. <laughs> like you have to make every course stand on its own ground and be amazing. And yeah. like, they don't have that luxury of, well, I'll slow up. I think I've told this story real quick. Um, probably, oh man, 17 years ago, 18 years ago, Ikea had a party for 300 people and they hired a band and I had the DJ there and I DJ oh, a different yeah. venue and it was Naked Eyes. Right. And they started with 400 people in the room and Naked Eyes came out, got introduced by the GM who's friends with the singer. And my DJ said, by the time they played, always something there to remind me, there was maybe 30 people. Right. Because they absolutely, adamantly, were not doing their bangers till the end of the night and they lost the room. If they had walked on stage and played always something there, the entire crowd would or have lost promises, their- promises or something that people knew. Fortune and fame. Yeah, but I mean, if you just hit them, and we see this all the time, not as much now with COVID, but I would go see bands that I really liked and they'd have like that huge, huge track. When I saw Autograph, they did turn up the radio like early in the night. Even I was like, yeah, they opened I don't for know another song by I these saw. guys. Why are they blowing this one off on song five? They may have opened for Rat. I think I think they opened for Rat. I saw him headline yeah. actually. Oh, did you? Yeah, at a small it was club. Right Boston. after that, it came out. It was like early wow. nineteen eighty four. Yeah, early eighty October of eighty four. I saw that, so it hadn't been out for very long. No, <clears throat> but it's one of those things where I totally agree with you, and I think it's it's a good challenge for DJs, especially to say, I've got a, a format of the night that I know I'm going to go through. Mm-hmm. Let me switch gears. Let me open with this. But it harkens back a little bit to the days of what's your first song after this first dance? I always play Celebration. You do? Okay, that's what I'll play. And I'm like, where do I go from Celebration? I can only go down. I can't keep going up because it's old people. After Celebration, you do We Are Family. (laughs) Well, no, but that's the thing. You end up sticking. You either stay there or you go way down. So I was just like, let yeah. me try starting, and I'm and I'm the first to admit it's worked for 20 years. But I have a I have a pattern of starting low and building that ladder of BPMs and trying to mix it up, right? But mm-hmm. switch it up a little bit. But I think for this year, I might just come in and pull out both barrels and be like, "Here you go, kids! Boom!" Starting with Uptown Funk, forget and let the about, crowd go. Whoa! I, I my challenge to you is forget about the whole BPM thing and just do what feels right if that happens to be something that works out really well bpm wise with what you are in right now go ahead make your next track work with it but don't make that be the main deciding factor on what next track is because it may or may not be the best choice for what's in front of you you know it is i mean you know sometimes you you do like a half hour this is amazing i do anyway where I'm just mixing it up and I'm coming in the right places and coming out of the right places and the keys are working and the beats are working and all the other sounds uh, are, are harmonically working together and I'm building this amazing thing. Right. And then I'll just do something wacky. And that's yeah. the, and that, that right there 
to me, and, and that's just been my experience, is the, whoa, what was that? Because when something is transient mm-hmm. and the same and, mm-hmm. and, and doesn't change, you don't take notice. But when there's a change, ooh, I take yeah. notice. No, 100%. Mm-hmm. It, Absolutely. It's the, the, the effect that you're looking for with, with the BPM <clears throat> matching is to kind of trick them into staying on the dance floor longer, and, yeah. Yeah. which is the it's... point of mixing up the BPMs. But the same yeah. thing can be true about bringing people out onto the dance floor. If yeah. they're not out no, no, no. Already, I, I absolutely agree. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to break that. I, I take a lot of pride in trying to mix during a wedding because I know so many DJs are just throwing it at them. And I don't think you know, you don't know something's good till you, you've had something bad. Yeah. Because you need a judgment point. Right. And I think in, in our game, at least with weddings, it's getting better. But there's still a lot of people when I say something about mixing, like, dude, slam them. Every track, slam, 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 kill them. Now that crowd will walk away and say, I had a great time. We danced. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. But I, I think there is a part of the artistry that you have to take ownership of and say, I'm proud of the product I delivered. I could have changed it and learned from that. Look at your history from the wedding and start to start to look for patterns that you may fall into because it's very easy to do. Well, what, what mm-hmm. I do personally, and I'm not suggesting that I'm, the one you should be listening to on this, but what's working for me. You kind of are a little bit. You kind of are a little bit. Just saying. (laughs) You're kind of a big deal. Well, what are you going to do? I do all of the above, but I'm doing it different. I'm I'm not mixing the same way each time. I'm constantly changing it up. Sometimes I'm slamming them. Sometimes they're beat mixed. Sometimes they're cut short. Sometimes they're extended. It keeps it interesting. Right. If you're exactly. doing the same thing all night long, be it mixing or slamming or scratching or remixes or quick mixes, you're going to put your audience to sleep. I don't care if you're playing for two hours or six hours. Mix it up. It makes oh, it no, fun. you have to. No, no, yeah. no. You oh, have man. to have those. Yeah. When I mean, it sounds stupid, and I still love doing it. When I stumbled upon Turn Down for What into Luke Bryan Country Girl Shake That for me, that was a big deal. There's a huge TikTok video where the guy's playing Turn Down for What and he kills the volume and he comes back with ABBA Dancing Queen and the video joke is the guy's all set for the drop and it's like Dancing Queen stuff. And he goes, what? Yeah, yeah well, guess I what? I didn't they, find it that are talking about a routine <laughs> that I started doing five years ago. So yes. I was on to it then and it's not that I'm so special, but I'm going to further that this year. I want to further get people to go from wait a second, I didn't see this coming. This is really right. cool. I'm getting, right. I'm getting my you know Oreos, but they're broken up on top of the ice cream sundae. I'm getting everything I want at once. The other mm. fun thing to think about to bring it back around, and, and mm-hmm. it's just a little more advanced, probably for for a lot of people. But we talked about the Scritty Politi song, and what was cool about it were the key changes, and that was like the thing that yeah. was just so dramatic and and cool about it. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing with your mixes. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. when when you try to harmonically mix, oh well, I'm gonna do the key of G for 20 minutes. So okay, but it would be more interesting to go up and down the scale because it's dramatic. And, and well, even about, after hearing this, um, I'm now contemplating, you know what? Is this something to look at? Should I look at my tracks that are this key and this key and say, let me try these at home and see how they work with each other? Let me see mm-hmm. if I can do that. I mean, here's right. one of the most respected studio guitar players in history, and he's like calling this the 
best key change song it's of really all time. Good. And there when he shows the chords, it's like, oh my God, now, you know, I see exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like the Pink Floyd money when you talk about the best example of a time signature change where the song That's is like seven one. eighths and then it goes yeah. to four four right. and then it goes back. Right. It's like, wow, what just happened? By the way, I have to throw this in as we wind down because I'm looking at the time. We're talking about expressions that mean something. Uh Connor was supposed to do a four-hour flight today because he's getting close to taking his test to get his license. And he calls me and he goes, yeah, I didn't go up because he bought new headphones, noise-canceling flight headphones that were mega bucks, but so worth it because it's so loud in the plane. Yeah, And I go, hey, I thought you were flying for four hours. So he goes, you know what? It was kind of windy and it was a little overcast. And I said, so whose call was that? Yours or the flight instructor? And he goes, flight instructor said, hey, you got a, you got a kind of tough tailwind today and the, it's getting more overcast. You're going to be 100 miles away. It's up to you, though. If you want to fly, we'll let you fly. <laughs> he goes, but just remember one thing. And kind of goes, what's that? He goes, I would much rather think of flying on the ground than think of being on the ground while I'm, I'm flying. flying. Yeah. <laughs> and Connor goes, I think I'll skip today. And he told wow. me that. I was like, that's, that's a, a t-shirt. Gold there. That's a but he looks nugget. at him and he just goes, you can go up if you want, but I'm just saying, I'd yeah. much rather be thinking of flying on the ground than be thinking of on the ground while I'm flying. So right right but as far as expressions i was like okay that's that's mine for the day it's good it's not bad i was thinking about what you had said about you know taking certain songs and trying them at home to see what works i I can tell you from experience that some of the best the best things that i've come up with have been last minute on the fly oh no what do i do hey you know what let's try this kind of stuff on the game yeah yeah right there live oh yeah Yeah. stuff oh no that's under pressure is when the talent comes out i think it does yeah i i i refuse to buy that sticker from a certain person that has the camelot wheel that i could put on my laptop so i make sure i follow the camelot wheel well i mean it's an added bonus if you have an idea that i know these two will work from it's a like, harmonic standpoint. I don't think well, you should follow it like a wheel, though. I don't I was just, think I need that sticker on my laptop. I was just going to say that I'm saying. it's kind of like the old music. We have the thing that we would call, you know, lucky accidents or, you know, this. Yes. Things yes. that weren't supposed yes. to happen, yes. but they did and they were cool. They weren't supposed to work together. It wasn't supposed to go that way. But mm-hmm. damn it, if it wasn't just a lucky a, a, just a very happy accident peanut butter mm-hmm. and chocolate we haven't let jimmy say a word for about a half hour i was gonna say is it jimmy's with it <laughs> he doze off no we, no we reached out to him a few times i think maybe his mic's out or something or oh okay he you know or his you know something else happened i'm sorry he's here anyway yeah excellent should we put a fork excellent. in it jimmy, i think jimmy, we're done. You're always welcome here we love you brother <clears throat> I think we're good. Yes. Yeah, we're good. All right, kids. We'll see you next week. Bring Jimmy back. And uh, we'll talk more nonsense with you. Thanks for watching.